Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Sam. Welcome to Sloppy and Unforeseen, a podcast for worship leaders that aims to encourage conversation among peers. From the silly to the serious, we want to help you see both sides of the conversation and work to bring the church together. Whether you're team sloppy or team unforeseen, there are no right answers here. Just a desire to have dialogue between all traditions of worship. Welcome everybody to the pod today. Today we are thrilled to have uh, a guest with us, but uh, before we get to him, uh, welcome my co-host Sam. Sam, how you doing, man? I am great, Patrick. I'm so excited for our new guest here. Been yeah. waiting a long time. Why don't, you, why don't we get right to it and uh, and introduce him for us? Okay, awesome. This is my friend TJ Grimbowski from Ohio. He's originally from Michigan, but TJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. So welcome. Um, so give us a little bit of background about yourself, TJ. Where are you from? Um, how did you get started in worship ministry? And what's your family situation like? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm from Asheville, Ohio is where I had grown up uh, for the most part. I grew up in Florida a little bit and then in uh, Asheville, Ohio. And then I live in Logan, Ohio now uh, where I work at my church and I love my church and what I do. It's interesting because um, I got hired here as a worship leader, as the worship arts director, and I had zero experience in worship bleeding. I'd never done it before. I was just a musician. Um, I went to college for music. I have a degree in music production. Um, I was a musician in the army for six years. And then I fell in love with Christ, became a Christian. And then this church was hiring. And uh, I was like, man, I'll try and see what happens. So I sent an application, sent in a video of me leading worship or not leading, but just singing in my basement of my parents' house. And they said, yeah, we'll have an interview. And so they gave me an interview. They gave me a chance, which honestly, by all accounts on paper, it made no sense for them to give me a chance, but they did. And now I've been working here for, uh, what is it? Nine years, I think now. Nice. So I went from having no experience at all to, I feel incredibly, uh, seasoned in the position, which is nice. Nice. Uh, it's been a good time. And I now sorry, are you full time there? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm the full time. I'm my job title is the worship arts director and multimedia specialist. That's what they call me. So I, I lead worship with the band and uh, I do a lot of our or most of our tech stuff uh, that we have the website, graphic design, our digital sign, uh, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I live here with my wife. We've been married for a little over a year, and she is wonderful. Her name's Amber. I've got two amazing stepkids. And so Kedrick, he's in high school. He's a sophomore. And Kaylee, she's in college. And then uh, we've got a little baby on the way currently, and I'm nice. stoked. We also have uh, two pets. My dog, his name is Benjamin. If you follow me on TikTok, uh, you see him a lot. I make a lot of videos with Benjamin. He's probably more famous than I'll ever be. And uh, we have a cat named Fat Kitty. Very good. Nice. Very good. <laughs> I love your TikToks, man. So good. Thank you. I make a lot of them in Walmart. Walmart TikToks. That that yeah. seems appropriate from what I know. I'm not on TikToks, but from what I know, I just said that plural. I'm definitely not on TikToks. Or You're not TikToks. on TikToks or TikToks. Um, or the Facebooks or Instagrams. Or the, I am on the Book of Faces. but uh, Book of Faces. Yeah. 
So my gram is not so Insta, but uh, it's there. It's there. So So this is awesome. Like TJ and I kind of met how the same way that Patrick and I met just on Facebook in, in the worship leaders group. And can I say that anymore? Yes, I think I can. Yeah. In the redacted so. group. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we just developed a friendship through that. And actually, TJ came and uh, played with our band at church um, a couple of years back. And it was I great. I love that. And just, you know, transitioning from, you know, memeing together to actually being in person, you know, we just clicked and it's been an awesome relationship. Yeah, it was, it was incredible because he, I told him I was going to be in town. He said, dude, you should come play with the band. So I brought my laptop, I brought my keyboard. Um, cause I use uh, native instruments and Ableton mm-hmm. and, and I was like, heck yeah. So I came to practice, rehearsed with them on keys and everything. I was jazzed. And then the next morning I woke up, he texted me and said, Hey, uh, my drummer couldn't make it. Can you play drums today? <laughs> and I was, I never played any of those songs on drums and i was like oh no i made i played one of them one time i was like yeah i'll do it <laughs> and so i just and got it, back it was there oceans like, <laughs> oceans was the song that you had played before so that that yeah. video was you no <laughs> you're the oceans drummer <laughs> yeah yeah you I can hear me dog was famous yeah that's me on the electronic set nice Amazing. I love that guy, by the way. If you've ever not seen it, he did a follow-up interview and he Mm -hmm. just seems like such a just jovial guy. I'd love to I have not. He could join my band any day. That's awesome. (laughs) For sure. For sure. All right. So um because Sam and I kind of got our 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 start together um discussing Star Wars and Marvel, uh, we do have to bring you into that circle. So do you want a Star Wars or a Marvel question today? Oh, um, I would say, see, uh, when you say Marvel, um, are you specifically talking the movies or are you talking the shows? MCU. MCU and shows, not the comics, but MCU and and MCU adjacent Mm. shows. I'll do, I'm going to do Star Wars because I feel like I don't, I haven't seen enough of the movies to be well at answering. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Star Wars question for you. Um, are now we can't do any spoilers. I was going to do a real recent question. Um, I haven't watched Mandalorian season three yet, so I was going to ask you a question about that, but I realized, I mean, this will, this will be out well, probably by the time the season wraps, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I don't, in case people are, are, have not watched it, I want to, I want to get into that. Um, but yeah, so who is your, we're going to, we're going to get a little, little controversial because this is the sloppy and unforeseen podcast of course um what is your favorite part of the sequel trilogy my favorite part of the sequel trilogy yeah um that would be episodes one two and three is what you're saying that's no, the no, prequel no. trilogy that's the prequel oh I'm, oh I'm oh i'm sorry i'm sorry no the, the, the trilogy nobody wants to talk about but still yes exists. in my mind i was thinking there's the original trilogy and then sure. the sequel yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah no okay yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the sequel trilogy that's a great question um but i would <laughs> well i tell you i love that meme uh, of the guy who is like sectors clear and then something blows up. He's like, not clear, not clear. Like that scene cracked me up, even though it's probably not supposed to. And I love the memes <laughs> that come from that. That's probably one of my favorite parts in that. But I would say um, probably that scene. I really loved the, um, 
I can't remember which movie it was, but they were on that planet and they were <laughs> that, that, that narrows it down. They were on Absolutely. that planet. That one planet in the it was galaxy. Like a, it was like a jungly planet. And I'm trying, they were like inside a cafe or something. Or they're walking. I love some of the aesthetics of the mm-hmm. planets that they create. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you were asking, but um, I really appreciate the environments that they create in star Wars. And I'm a person, I love languages. I love Mm -hmm. to learn languages. I speak a couple. And so I really love the different languages and um, writing systems that they create and they have. I don't know if that's a good answer, but I think it's a great answer. I think the, the world building is what's made it so popular for so long. Cause it's not just uh, a lot of, a lot of science fiction. It's just kind of exists you know, in and of itself, whether it's just a book or just a movie, books tend to build worlds better than movies. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has been such a, yeah, it's just like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the fantasy worlds that get built to, you know, by Tolkien or, or Lewis, things like that. It just, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's a great answer because I think it's true. It's like, there's definitely stuff to appreciate. I mean, as controversial as the sequel trilogy is, there's, I think there's yeah. absolutely stuff to appreciate. And that's part of it, you know, the, the, yeah. the advancement of building that universe so and people just i I feel like a lot of people just love to hate like they want to be the first person to hate something that other people like and you find that with anything now like something comes out and people go oh this is cool and then a bunch of people like it and they're like oh no actually that's stupid i don't like it anymore hence (laughs) the reason we have this podcast yeah because it's in the secular world and it's in the worship world it's in the church world all over the place hence the name of our podcast sloppy and unforeseen right Yes, it's all about preference for sure. I have a a quick comment on the prequel trilogy. Well, it's not really on the trilogy. It's a reference to it. And this is going to sound unrelated, but give it a second. I I am the type of person. I don't like to kill anything, including bugs and insects, whatever spiders. I'm a catch and release kind of guy. Like I'll catch them, go let them out. And, you know, we get bugs, you know, in the house, in the church, whatever there was, it was a couple months ago there was this spider in our worship center thing was huge hmm. and i'm like what do i do because i don't think i want to catch this thing like i don't know like if that's going to be safe so i'm like maybe i'll just kick it away it can go somewhere else so i went over did a sweep kick kicked this thing it curled into a ball and it rolled and then like those those uh little droids the from droid episode because... one yeah he rolls and then he just <laughs> comes back up and i was like no buddy you gotta die like <laughs> you have crossed yeah, over now i can't there's no catch and release at this point. And I'm like, what do you even do? I had to go get a heavy object. Cause I was convinced if I tried to step on it, he would just grab my foot and push it back off or something. Gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. awesome. All right. So bring it back to the, uh, the, the intended audience here, I guess. I know probably not everyone listening is a star Wars fan, but, uh, we've all got good stories. So we got to know what's your best or worst Worship leading fail. Oh, uh, best or worse worship leading fail. That's a great question. Um, I've definitely had a couple of blunders that um, they've never put me on the, you know, I've never been on the worship leader fails Instagram page or anything, <laughs> which it, I think that that's, you could put that on a resume, Sam. Absolutely. I was going to say, one of the people <laughs> what on are this you talking about? has made their page. <laughs> We won't name names. Um, do, so <laughs> do you mean my, matter. yeah. Do you mean my, per, like a personal fail that I did or something that I was there and happened just while I was on the platform? 
I think either, but yeah, I mean, we, everybody loves a good story. It, it think it, it brings us all back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a time, uh, there was a song we were doing. I think I have a video of it. I sent it to Sam. We were doing the stand and for whatever reason, I did not put my capo in the right place Mm -hmm. on my guitar, which normally wouldn't be a huge deal because, okay, like we're going to just fix the capo move on, but I couldn't hear my guitar in my ears. And so I didn't know I was playing in the wrong key. Not only that, but the backing tracks key was like the, that was what was also the wrong key. So it was like in a, in a higher key. My guitar was in a different key. The rest of the band's playing in like a third key and I don't know any different. So I'm singing way higher than I'm comfortable with. Mm. And I have to imagine, I think I just stopped and said, everything needs to stop right now. Like in the middle of service, I was like, we just need to stop and I need to fix whatever I did wrong here. And that was super embarrassing because I, I don't know. I always want people to, I don't want, I never want people to think that I'm incompetent. And it's in moments like that where I have to be humbled and God's like, Hey, people need to know that you make mistakes too. Like this isn't a production. It is a production to an extent, but what you're doing here is worshiping me. So do it correctly. Sure. You know, if you need to stop, take a second, but yeah, that was, it was so embarrassing. I felt so dumb. No, I think that's great. I, I mean, I think you can pause as someone who studied music and just be like, "That was my uh, my ode to Charles Ives <laughs> yeah. for the morning." And uh, um, oh. music history geeks will hopefully appreciate that comment. But uh, good times. <laughs> All right, so we do have uh, we do have a, a series of um, kind of yes, you know, A B questions, which kind of rapid fires are sure. lightning round before the okay. the. The main course, okay, because uh, we got to know what kind of worship leader you are. People are going to oh relate to you entirely based on oh. the next five answers or so. Okay, so to um, all my future not fans, I, I'm absolutely. sorry, I miss you, and I I love you. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So your preference is coffee or tea? Tea, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Morning or night? Night. Ears or wedges? What is it? In ears or wedges for monitors? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about potatoes. <laughs> in ears. Ears of corn or potato wedges? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. That's in ears, right. yes. Best side dish at a barbecue. No, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Chick fil A or Popeyes? Chick fil A. All right. All right. Ding, ding, ding. I think I got, uh, I got them all correct. Thank you all for staying with me. You no, know your own opinions. Congratulations. <laughs> And that's a beautiful thing about the, the, this podcast, and, and uh, it's a very self-serving opening to a statement, right? Um, but yeah, there's no right answers here, right? We're we're, we're trying to create discussion, and uh, and yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, I think getting into kind of the the main course here, um, we want to talk about gear today, and you know, making the most, getting the most mileage out of your gear slash church budget for gear um you know it sounds like tj you've had some evolution of uh of gear over time um so we just want to get into and 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 kind of open up the floor you know where's it best to you know if if you're leading the team at your church there's a very good chance that you're also kind of leading the the discussion on budget and where money should go to probably not the one approving that but you know um having to convince the powers that be 
you know, yes, we should spend money on this or, you know, no, we shouldn't spend money on this. And of course, I think our natural tendency is always, well, yeah, let's, let's spend the money if we can. But um, so, let, yeah, what's your experience on, uh, this is a very broad question, right? But what's your experience on kind of stretching your budget to get the most mileage out of your gear? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's a great question and probably one that people Everyone at some point has dealt with that dilemma of, um, do I use what I have? Do I need to invest in something new? And if I do need to invest in something new, how do I convince other people that that's a necessity? Mm -hmm. And uh, what I have found, I think one of the like primary things I like to give as advice is to know and understand your gear as much as possible, meaning learn all of its capabilities and functionalities and don't buy something just because you think that you might want it. Like do your research. When I was younger, one of my biggest blunders is I would go to someone's house. Uh, I had a buddy, his dad had a recording studio and I would look and see what he had and I would go, I need these things. This is obviously what you need to have a studio or to have whatever it is. Or I could go to another church and I say, oh, this is what I need to have a successful church. And it's not about the equipment. It's about what that equipment does and if I know how to do it. So the first thing that I do when I buy equipment, uh, I read the manual. I know that sounds crazy and a lot of people think that I'm insane for it. Um, whatever it is that I buy, like we have a Midas M32, that's a soundboard that we use at our church. When we got it, I read the entire manual for it front to back. Hmm. I wanted to know everything that it could do. And uh, I watched a couple of in-depth tutorials uh, because oftentimes our equipment can do far more than we think that it can do. Sure. And so um, I think that's where it starts. So being in a place where you look at what do I have, what can I do with it, and is it a necessity for me to upgrade to something else, or does this have some sort of hidden functionality that I don't know about? Um, that way, we're being good stewards from the beginning to where we're at. We're we're starting out making the good choices. Uh, one of the things I feel like my leadership at the church knows is that by the time I come to them with a request for equipment, they know that I have already expended none of our stuff can do this thing or to the degree that we would want. Sure. Um, and I've done all of my research to make sure that when it comes in, it'll be quick and easy. Yeah, can we, can we dive into that point a little bit more? Cause I think that's, that's an important point. So you've, you've been at your church nine years, you said. Yes. Correct? So um, at what point, I don't. I don't ask a leading question, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I'm gonna have to. I mean, was that the? I, I imagine. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that wasn't the understanding from day one. Correct. But it is the understanding on day whatever you know, twenty seven hundred, wherever we're at now. When did that switch happen for for your church with your? I don't hear church set up a board of elders or or whatever it is. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I've I have an interesting story I could share on that, but I'd, I'd love to hear your take on that first. Like it wasn't day one, but when did that happen for your church? Oh, for sure. Um, I think it was, it was gradual and the, the, the segue between those two things, uh, the way that I got there was, um, I, I, I guess the way I would explain it is by showing, you know, if you go to a convention of some sort, all of the booths that are there, they're not just telling you 
what it is that they're selling or what mm. it does. They're showing you, they're letting you see firsthand. Here is the capability, you know, cause I can say, Oh, I have this Antares AVP one right here, which I have, and it's a rack mount and it does, you know, mic modeling and compression and it has auto tune built in an EQ. And like, it sounds nice, but if you were to come over and plug in the microphone that you use and use it through this and here, you're like, Oh wow, actually this is something like I can see tangibly, I can hear right. like this is useful. So what I did was with my church, I would have this idea of here is a thing that would be useful. And instead of just going to them and saying, uh, so like, uh, we have multiple cameras set up now. We've got a video switcher that we use, but before we had something like that, um, all we had was one single camera and we had a computer we and we had kind of an ability we didn't have an ability to do overlays or anything like that it was either we had the camera where you were seeing people or you had the computer screen well i built this usb controller that i could plug into obs and use it to throw overlays up on the screen to switch between scenes that kind of stuff now it was relatively cheap to do that I built the the USB controller, taught the team how to use it. Then we started implementing that. And people were like, oh, wow, this is like, we like this. This is useful. This is something we can do. And then I say, well, I can do it for this price if you wanted me to make something or design a system. And they would say, yeah, let's try that. So it started out in a place of more me having to show them ahead of time. Right. Here is what I would like to do. And here's a diet version of what it looks like with just what we have now. But if we had this equipment, this is what it could look working, like. Yeah. That's what people get sold on is I see it working. I like this and I want more. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think from my experience, um, you know, we're as the worship leader, um, we're probably plugged into what's out there, what's available and hopefully you should be. Um, yes. You know, um, but your your pastor may not be your you know elder board whoever's making those you know buy decisions aren't and so you had to come up and say hey you know wouldn't it be cool if we can have graphics up on the screen they could be thinking like well we have PowerPoint you know what yes. else do we need yes um, and they may not be making that connection between you know have you ever watched a live stream from this church. Have you ever watched the news? Like, right. you know, and, and, and not knowing like we could do that too. And probably for less money than you would think. Um, mm -hmm. and I've, I've always found too, it's kind of buying into, not just buying into the vision of what you're trying to do, but you, know, what is the purpose of fill in the blank? You know, and I think we should ask about any ministry, right? Like what is yeah. the purpose of our prayer ministry of our missions, you know, of our outreach ministries. Like we know what the purpose of the music team is, but what's the purpose of our live stream of a video? And I think that was a much more challenging question to ask three plus years yeah. ago. I think that's, that kind of got answered for everybody uh, yeah. in the last three years, but. Um, oh, I'm uh, if I could just real quick, I think that uh, just just a quick side note, th that was a great insight, which you just said. Um, that was also, I think, even more of a catalyst to what we have now mm -hmm. because because of some of the limitations we were having and because of some of the audience we were trying to reach pre-covid i said here are some systems we should design because there were like we were meeting in our middle school 
and we had uh, uh, snow days that happened on a Sunday. They didn't plow the middle school. And so we couldn't meet. And I'm like, we have to stream online. And this was pre COVID. And the pastor was like, well, if you can, you know, set it up. So I set everything up. We did some live streams when COVID hit, we already had what we needed. And they were like, TJ had us prepared for something like this. Now, granted, I didn't know that was going to happen, but those kind of decisions, they can look back and go, he knows this stuff. We can do it now. And that helped a lot. So building that relationship, building that trust with your leadership is very paramount to, to the vision casting. And, And yeah, and sometimes that means sacrifices too, you know, and maybe there is this guitar pedal or there's this um device that i'm like man i really wish we could have you know a triple pedal for my nord stage three so that it could be or or one of those big organ pedals for it or something mm-hmm. like i have to i have to know that you know what there are some things that are just kind of that would be fun but it's not and because they trust me to come to them with things that are actually going to be useful and right. good resource usage yeah it's building that trust equity um with, absolutely with them. and and yeah i would agree i mean and and um, my situation was similar. Uh, I was on staff at a church for 14 years wow. and, uh, um, and had been at the church, uh, volunteer leading for almost six years before that. So they knew me well, but kind of being the guy now coming to the position of, Hey, you know, we should maybe do this or maybe do that. Um, first couple of times that we, you know, had to kind of ask for a, a sizable gear acquisition, you know, replacing cables, buying a new microphone. Like those are the easy ones, right? Like, right. Hey, the cable broke. We need a new one. Um, but it was, we were presented with an opportunity. They want to basically relocate where the worship team was setting up. It was like, well, in order to do that, we're going to, we're going to hit these issues and here's how we solve them. Um, and I, I always like to give them if I can three options, like, Hey, we can solve it one of three ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, you know, for us, it was an Episcopal church. So aesthetics were key. And I know that's a big thing, but being in a, a church with stained glass and, and all that kind of stuff, it was, that was the forefront of people's minds. So right. it's kind of like, Hey, we can do, we can make it look the best for the most money. It's like, if you want to, if you're willing to spend it, we can make it look amazing or mm-hmm. we can do it real cheap. Um, or, you know, I like to pre- you know, present that middle option. We can find a balance sure. between the two. And I think for me, it was always you know, being able to present options here, like, Hey, this isn't the way we c- we're going to do it. Here's, you know, two, hopefully three ways we could do it. And here are the, you know, the, the benefits, the pluses and minuses of each one. And then you give the power back to the decision maker. I feel like, cause you're, you're not saying like, this is what I want. It's like, Hey, here's a problem that you've presented me. And in this case, it was, you know, you've presented me with a problem and here's, here's some solutions that I can offer. Um, yeah. But Sam, I know you're, um, you guys are about to do an, an upgrade, pretty sizable upgrade to your PA. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it was a long time. Yeah. Coming. That's been a, a two or three year process, um, with our trustee board and, you know, the church operates on the giving of all the people, right. And the auditorium or the, you know, the worship ministry is one of many, many, many ministries that operate at our church. We've got youth ministry and every single ministry has needs and needs upgrades and going to these trustee meetings and, and hearing the whole, you know, every discussion of, of every different department, you realize that you're part of a bigger body, right? We can get so siloed in, in our individual ministries and like, Oh, I need this. I need this. I need it. 
Mm. You know, it really opens your eyes to see, do I need this or is this just a want? You know? Right. But then also on the other side of it, like TJ said, you have to have the vision casting. Like mm. our equipment is, is old. It's 20 years old now. And it was built for another purpose. Like right. we're, we're a, a, we were a traditional Baptist church until our pastor came on uh, 10 or 11 years ago. And then he started the contemporary worship ministry. And I came on five years later and it had already started the snowball effect. But the auditorium was built for organ and choir and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and the PA reflected that. So you right. get a lot of noise, not a lot of separation between the highs and the lows. Mm. So, um, and we've gradually made improvements in, in the room. Um, I think three years ago, we were able to buy new um, projectors um, that were brighter uh, for the room. Um, we went from wedges, floor monitors to in-ears. So all those were, were little steps, you know. Um, and, and request. You resurfaced the stage too, right? The yep, platform? We, we expanded the, the platform out um, mm. and all that. Um, but really, our, our equipment, it's not glitching yet, but I know that it's getting old. <laughs> and we've, had, we've been able to have concerts um, in the past couple of years. Nice. And those tours, they bring their own PA system. And it was kind of a, a cool like, example. Like, like you said, TJ, at, at these conventions where they have things that you can see and, and feel and hear, having yeah. those PA systems brought in was able to, um, we were able to hear what it could be, right? right. Which helped oh, with that vision. That's great. But with that, you have so much money tied into that, right? I mean, sure. you want good quality gear that's going to last. You're going to pay for that. And also going from a DIY mindset, like, oh, we've got people that we, let's, let's see if we can do this on our own and, and everything like that. But for big projects like that, you, you really want to try and find an integrator, the professionals that, that know what they're doing, you know, and there's going to be a, a premium price for that, but sure. that all has to do with vision. And like I said, we've been, you know, trying to do this for two years um, and prices keep going up. So it's, it's, you have to have those relationships outside of the trustee meeting you know, these friendships and, and, uh, build these relationships outside of, um, church world really to, uh, to get that trust. So that was definitely what TJ was saying. It's that kind of that show and tell, Hey, this is what it could sound like in your space. Um, but I, I, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, when a tour comes in, they've got the the pro line gear, the touring level gear. So the solution is, right, well, we just buy that gear. That's what DJ is saying, right? As just what yeah. I need to have a studio. This is just the gear I need. Um, but it goes back to what you're saying. But you read the manual, so you know how to use the gear. The guy doing front of house on the, the tour knows how to use that gear. So, right. you know, let's get away from the gear for a second how do we get the most out of it? It's the people, right? Like what can we do to, you know, get our people using the gear? So TJ, yeah. you mentioned that like you, you built something and then, and then train people. So I mean, what's the, what's your experience been as far as training your team up to get the most out of your gear? 
that's a great question. And it's, so last night we had our rehearsal and, uh, one of my drummers was there and he was telling me, cause he's got a buddy that goes to another church in town and they bought, I'm trying to remember it's uh, what brand it is. It's called a wing. You know what I'm talking about? It's a board, yeah, it's a, like a soundboard called a wing. Yeah. Behringer wing. Yep. Yeah. 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 They bought one of those maybe seven, eight months ago. And they still haven't even opened it and put like set it up because their team doesn't know how to use it. And they're so intimidated by like putting it in. And so that's the other part of, that's a great question because another part of gear is who's going to be able to use this. If I design this system, if I walk out of here and get hit by a bus, you know, God forbid, who's going to be able to take over and still use these things. And uh, I think training is important. Uh, maybe finding the, who are these people that are willing to learn and with those people, um, who's capable of, how much are they capable of learning in this? I mean, I have a bachelor's degree in music production. So not only do I know this soundboard and do I know what everything does on it, I know all of the equipment that it's outputting to and mm-hmm. all the input that's coming into, or all the equipment that's inputting, uh, a couple of the ways that I've worked on that is I try to simplify things the best I can. Um, you know, a lot of newer equipment has, you know, digital settings that you can save that mm-hmm. makes it easier. Uh, one of the things I've been working on, and I just started it recently, so I don't know quite yet how well it's going to work, but I've gotten some good feedback. I've been creating SOPs, uh, so standard operating procedure to do certain things uh, if I'm not here. Right. And what it is, is I've created a coordinate system where I'll have a picture of like the Midas M32 and I've sectioned off different areas in the picture. Here's A section, here's B section, here's C section. And then from there, I have a step-by-step guide with coordinates that says, if you like, if you want to turn the sound system on for rehearsal, here's step-by-step the different pieces of equipment you need to go to and what buttons you need to press and in what order. Something like that helps your team because now somebody who doesn't know what all this stuff is, they might not know what it is, but they could very easily follow a step of instructions right. that shows you, here's the button you press, here's what you load, you know, whatever else. Right. Um, having in-depth training can be useful to sit down with your team and say, hey, this is what we're looking to do, this is what we're looking to accomplish, and here's the basics of how to use the stuff. Taking video of that training is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, having somebody filming it so that then afterward you can upload it and any of your team members can go back and watch it if they forgot something. And more recently, honestly, <laughs> um, I've done a lot of automation to make their lives easier. And not that I want to make it to where they can't. There's just a lot of things they don't necessarily have to know how to do. Right. Or if I have, you know, like I have a baby on the way. And so I'll be out for three weeks and I've got a lady who doesn't really know technology. She's going to be leading worship. So um, we have a stream deck that I have hooked up with this software called Companion. And I can control almost all of our equipment over IP. Hmm. And so what I do is I create these preset buttons that you can press and it will make all of the equipment in sequence do what it's supposed to do to get it set up for the thing that it needs to do. All the way from getting rehearsal set up, turning projectors on, playing a movie for, you know, whatever. So knowing your team, knowing their capabilities, knowing their limitations um, their willingness and flexibility, and then trying to make it as easy on them as possible without, you don't want to just take the training wheels off mm-hmm. 
but at the same time, like you don't want to make it to where they have, you don't want to fix the handlebars so they can't turn. I guess there's a balance in that. Right. There's that a, was a long answer. There's a lot of sorry. wisdom in that though. Like Absolutely. creating those Plus a bike pun at the end, which I, I appreciate it. What's that? Plus a, a bike pun at the end. Yes. <laughs> finding the balance. Yeah. I can ride my bike with no, ha- oh wait, that's copyright. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's Sorry, something that I'm dealing with right now is, is creating these SOPs. Um, because if there's a problem, people come to me instead of, yeah, yeah. instead of going to that. And I'm trying to focus on, no, we're, we're about to go on to the platform to lead worship. Right. I can't be, you know, thinking about, you know, a live stream feed is not working. Like I need to equip mm-hmm. my team so that they can, they can be empowered to troubleshoot on their own. Absolutely. But if they haven't been trained properly, that's on me. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So having these standard operating procedures is just going to be a benefit and you're able to delegate better. Yeah. And my, my goal with that, and just as as a side note, um, I plan to have a binder back, you know, in our tech booth that they can refer to and it will have all of those labeled like, Hey, if you're wanting to do something with the soundboard, here's the soundboard section. Here's the lighting section. Here's the camera section. And, uh, you know, as I make updates, having a change log in place so that people can know what I've changed. I mean, maybe whoever somebody's listening to this and they have a smaller church, it doesn't have a lot of equipment. And you're like, that's not really a huge deal. If I switch, you know, the pastor's mic and the worship leader's guitar, that's not going to be a big deal. But as you start to scale up, it's important to have those systems in place, small scale, because as you grow and you get large scale, it gets out of hand really quick when you're like, Hey, I don't even, not only do I not, not know what channel this is plugged into. I don't even know. I mean, my guitar goes into a pedal board through multiple pedals into a floor box that goes to a stage box that goes through a snake back to a soundboard. And somewhere in there, if the problem, goes awry i have to know where it is and so and having that organization from the start and on that board and on that board is a mute button and if that's pressed (laughs) then all your signal chain is for naught right absolutely oh boy and how many times (laughs) has that been the problem yeah a lot so i think that's um yeah i I think that opens up the whole can of worms of it's easy to to say hey we want to go from our x32 to a digico um, you know, cause again, the touring grade gear, that's how we get better. Right. But if you don't have the, the systems in place, if you don't have the people trained, you're just opening up a can of worms. And, and I mean, my personal experience, so you guys are both, um, full-time at your church. I was part-time, uh, bivocational, um, five years ago. And this is kind of echoing a bit of Sam's story. I, you know, prior to five years ago, I'd been telling my church, um, for almost that long, you know, like, Hey, our, our sound system is, um, is on its way out. It was about 20 years old, probably 19 years old when I started to say, you know, we're, we're hitting the, the end of its life. And, uh, I, you know, and I was first, it was kind of, maybe I hadn't built enough that trust equity at this time because this was early in my tenure on staff. Um, but was saying, Hey, one day you're going to turn this on and it's not going to work. Um, mm. and we need a, we should fix it if we can before, before we get there. Um, or we need a plan in place if that happens. Right. Um, Ash Wednesday, 2018, I get a call. We had a 10 a.m. service. Ash Wednesday, they turned the PA on. Nothing worked. You know, they blew mm. one whole side of the PA. So, um, oh. you know, and, and you know, kind of want to say, hey, 
I've been telling you, you know, it's like, I'm not, I haven't been crying wolf, but then it became down to, um, okay. Ash Wednesday, start a Lent, right? We need something, you know, you got until Easter to fix it. Um, and I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm not going to go live Easter Sunday with a new PA. So I'm like, so really my deadline is Palm Sunday. Um, right. and you know, we're off to the races. And that was, that obviously sped up the conversation of, it's not just me telling you, you know, we need gear. Um, Anyway, long story short, because I, I could I could go down that path uh, for a whole long time. But my point is that system's been in place five years now. Um, I just left that church just a few weeks ago. And, you know, a little bit on me, um, not training people up uh, to to know the system. I actually ended up designing with an integrator. I didn't do it, didn't do it myself. I designed that the whole PA, um, wired a lot of it myself. That was one of the ways we were able to, to save money was, um, hiring, hiring an integrator that was willing to work with me. Um, so we, you know, we could collaborate on it, but you know, when it got down to it, it was like, I'm the only one in the building that knows how this is all going together and knowing those signal chains. And, and so having to kind of expedite, there's already a plan in place now, you know, coming out of the, the pandemic and everything. And, and okay. And, hey, this year we've got a we've got to get people trained up and knowledgeable and, and not just one person, but like, you know, cause I had one guy that sort of knew the system. Okay. I got to get his knowledge level up and I got to bring somebody else up to at least where he is. So there's yeah. some redundancy going on. So yeah, you know, when I get hit by a bus or now, you know, and I've gone when the next guy gets hit by a bus, there's somebody there that has a clue and they're not start, starting from zero. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's cause we went from, I think we had the original PreSona 16 Ford mm. 2 console. I yeah. think it's like serial number seven or something. I mean, it, it is that. <laughs> it was right when it came out. It was um, right after Moses had the tablets made. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, so we went from. Uh, we actually, I, I have our old analog console. I'm picturing Moses me. holding PreSonus <laughs> tablets. Like one's an I, one's an iPad and one's pre yeah pre Moses back then, yeah. back then it was called. <laughs> prehistoric sonus well guys thank you so much for listening to the sloppy and unforeseen podcast we had such a great time with this episode and we hope that you'll follow us and that you'll leave us a, a kind review that would be really great and yeah if you uh, want to reach out to us send us your questions send us your podcast topic ideas you can reach out to us at sloppy unforeseen all one word at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram send us a dm we'd love to hear from you let us know what you thought of the episode hey until next time uh stay sloppy and unforeseen my friends bye <laughs>